Hello everyone, I wish you a very warm and sunny welcome back to our podcast. Well, at least it, I hope it's warm and sunny where you are, because here in the Netherlands, the weather is absolutely magnificent. And I'm actually sitting outside right now. So um, yeah, if you hear any bird noises or something like that, well, enjoy. <laughs> But anyways, I'm Rika and this is a podcast of Promote Ukraine. This series is called Ukraine Up to Date and we bring out this podcast every week actually every Monday from now on, where we put together the most interesting, relevant and important topics and events about Ukraine and talk a little bit about it. So in case you want to stay on top of things that are happening in and around Ukraine, don't worry, we keep you up to date. And without further ado, let's start with this week's hot topics. So I want to start this week's episode with my favorite story of the week. And I can spoiler to you that, well, it does have a happy end. So in 2018, the Consul General of Russia in Strasbourg was expelled from France for espionage. And recently, the story has gained wide resonance in the French as well as Ukrainian and even Russian media and social networks. A technical employee of the Consulate General of the Russian Federation in Strasbourg was caught red-handed because of a police operation while selling a bicycle. So this is the elite model Vendredi 28.1 electric bicycle of the mustache brand worth up to 3000 euros offered by a representative of the Consulate General of the Russian Federation, which was snatched from the former deputy mayor of Strasbourg, Alain Fontenelle. In early February, the politician left his recently purchased vehicle near the building of the permanent representation of France to the Council of Europe and went to meet with his wife, who actually serves as an ambassador there. When Fontenelle left the embassy, he discovered that his bicycle had disappeared and that some thieves had destroyed the padlock with a jigsaw. And not giving up hope of returning the bicycle, to which, according to the politician, you become attached just like a pet, uh, Fontenelle began to monitor actively the websites with advertisements on the sales of bicycles. The 12th day of his searches has finally brought some good luck. The victim found offers of several electrical bicycles of the same model on one popular website. They were offered for 1,400 euros, which is twice lower than the actual price. Fontanelle reported immediately the results of his investigation to the police, who organized a special operation. It was such a surprise, or maybe not, <laughs> when the seller arranged a meeting in the square near the building of the Consulate General of Russia in Strasbourg. Fontanelle, who was accompanied by an undercover police officer, noticed his bicycle on the territory of the Russian diplomatic mission. Then a Russian came out, accompanied by another employee of the diplomatic mission, who was acting as a translator. The seller was a 44-year-old driver of the Consul General of the Russian Federation in Strasbourg. The person presented a financial document certified by the Consulate General in order to confirm the alleged legal purchase of the bicycle. However, when uh, Fontanelle checked the serial number, which confirmed that this was actually his bike, there was no doubt left. Two other police officers who were in an ambush detained the employee of the Consulate General after a special signal. The other Russian who was accompanying the seller presented a diplomatic passport, which ensured immunity from being delivered to the police station. The... Um, French politician, whose story had a happy ending, <laughs> said, 
I quote, my bicycle, which was stolen in front of the permanent mission of France to the Council of Europe, was found at the Russian consulate. During the interrogation, the employee of the Russian diplomatic mission denied everything, but his explanations were not convincing. Instead, on the prosecutor's decision, he was released in 24 hours. And uh, when the investigators summoned the suspect for questioning, the consulate general declared that he had left for Russia because of health problems. Strasbourg law enforcement is currently investigating the Russian nationals' involvement in the large-scale plot of stealing and selling at least 300 luxury bicycles for a total of more than 100,000 euros. And by the way, this happened in just one year. The former employee of the Consulate General of the Russian Federation has been declared as wanted in France. The trial may take place in absentia if he will not be detained on French territory. In fact, the French politician Fontanelle described the whole story in detail on the social network, marking the post with a tag Bon Buzer de Russie, Moustache 007. This means something like, um, hello from Russia with love, plus the name of the bike's brand, Moustache, and the code 007, with an indication of other not diplomatic activities of Russian consuls in Strasbourg. Taking the scale and the number of offers to sell bicycles of doubting origins into account, the French police aim to identify and prove the existence of an organized theft scheme, of a subsequent sale of these popular vehicles, and of the involvement of an employee of the Russian Consulate General. In this regard, the following questions and considerations arise. It is unlikely that the representative of the Russian diplomatic mission was personally stealing these bicycles. This was done by either thieves involved in uh, illegal activities. And by the way, in Strasbourg alone, about 4,500 bicycles are stolen every year. On the national level, this number reaches up to several millions. Could the attacker carry out illegal activities by offering stolen bicycles, which were physically stored on the territory of the Consulate General of the Russian Federation, without the participation of other employees of this institution, so for example, under the Russian diplomatic roof. Therefore, it is unlikely that the driver has been personally keeping hundreds of thousands of euros in cash, earned from sales of the property stolen from citizens in France, and possibly even in neighboring Germany and other European countries. Huh, that would actually explain why my bicycle was stolen a few months ago as well. <laughs> Just uh, as a side note, sorry. Anyways, uh, what the purpose of these funds? Um, well, did they serve for only for the personal enrichment of the participants of this project in France? Or were they transferred to Moscow, actually? Considering that Russian diplomats have evacuated their former employee back to Russia and that the consulate general itself and its diplomatic staff enjoy immunity, French law enforcement officers have a minimum of opportunities to prosecute those involved in the theft placed under the roof of Russian diplomacy. However, the bicycle story is not the first high-profile scandal surrounding the Russian Consulate General in Strasbourg. Back in April 2018, the French counterintelligence completed the discourse of the ex-Consul General of the Russian Federation in Strasbourg, Valery Levitsky. He was exposed as an officer of the Russian GRU Secret Service, therefore was expelled from France for activities incompatible with the status of a diplomat. 
at the same time, Levitsky was not a simple spy, but a resident, so for example, the chief among the Russian military intelligence in the region. Therefore, the answer to the question of who really his subordinate diplomats were in the consulate general were rhetorical. Obviously, Strasbourg can be the subject of the direct interest of Russia's intelligence services, as the city where the Council of um, Europe and partially the European Parliament has its headquarters. As for the Council of Europe, this organization is not that influential in shaping the policies of national governments that could counter Russia's aggressive interests. Nevertheless, the capital of Alsace opens great opportunities for gathering information and establishing useful contacts in diplomatic circles of the 47 member states of the Council of Europe and beyond. The potential network of Russian intelligence informants in Strasbourg is considerable as well. This is about 2,300 officials of the Council of Europe and about 1,000 diplomats in the permanent representation of its member states and observer states. In addition, Russian special services can conduct reconnaissance from the territory of France against other European countries, take measures in order to weaken the EU and NATO, blackmail the Council of Europe, promote attempts to legalize the consequences of international law violations by the Kremlin, and commit international crimes. Such a large-scale special operations have a strategic dimension in the context of Russia's unleashed hybrid war against the West, which receives millions of euros and dollars in funding from Moscow. Against this background, several hundred stolen bicycles may seem trivial, but once again confirm the dirty, thieving nature of Russian diplomacy in the service of the aggressor state. A large-scale event in support of activist and blogger Sergei Sternenko, who is being held in an Odessa pre-trial detention center following conviction, was held near the office of the president of Ukraine on Saturday night. So not this Saturday, but the Saturday before. <laughs> Sternenko was found guilty of uh, robbery and illegal possession of weapons, but Sternenko himself and his supporters consider the case a political crackdown. The event entitled don't you hear, you'll see, was timed to the birthday of Sternenko, who turned 26 on the 20th of March. Protester demanded the release of Sternenko and other patriots, including Andrei Antonenko. He was detained within the case over the murder of journalist Pavel uh, Sheremet, dismissed Prosecutor General Irina Venediktova, and Minister of Internal Affairs Arsen Avakov. Activists threw flares and smoke grenades, detonated firecrackers and set off fireworks towards the president's office. Various inscriptions were made on the walls of the building, the windows on, of the front door were smashed and an attempt was made to set fire to the sign um, that greets President of Ukraine. Law enforcement officers did not intervene in the situation. Kiev police later opened criminal proceedings, qualifying the incident as hooliganism. One of the participants was detained for committing illegal actions during the rally. Meanwhile, the protest organizers promised to hold next actions, which should be failed by the authorities, including President Zelensky and Minister of Internal Affairs Avakov. And as a reminder, on the 23rd of February, a court found Sergei Sternenko guilty of a robbery attack 
on a member of one of the district councils in Odessa region, which allegedly happened in 2015. The activist was sentenced to seven years and three months in prison, but the sentence has not come to force yet. According to the court ruling, Sternenko is being held in custody. The verdict is being challenged in a court of appeal, and the trial is expected to start in April. On Monday, the 22nd of March, having analyzed the transmission dynamics of the coronavirus infection, the Ministry of Health of Ukraine designated the Sumy region as the strictest red quarantine zone. Over the past three days, the number of COVID-19 hospitalizations in the Sumy region exceeded the permissible levels. So the number of detected cases, um, which was 24.7% against the norm of 20%, and the number of hospitalizations, which is 67.4% against 60%. Apart from the Sumia region, the red zone also includes uh, Kyiv city, Shetomir Zakarpatia, Ivano-Frankivs, Kyiv, Odessa, and uh, Chernivtsi regions. The orange zone covers 11 regions, namely Vinnitsa, Dnipropetrovsk, Donetsk, Luhansk, Lviv, Mykolaiv, Poltava, Ternopil, Khmelnytsky, Cherkasy, and Chernihiv. Uh, other areas remain in the yellow quarantine zone. As Minister of Health of Ukraine, Maxim Stepanov posted on his Facebook page, more than 30,000 COVID-19 patients have died since the beginning of the pandemic in the country. The official also stressed that the second stage of coronavirus vaccination would start in Ukraine on the 22nd of March. And uh, in addition to mo mobile teams, 565 more points are set up for the vaccination campaign. At this stage, vaccination of people at extremely high risk for COVID-19, so family doctors, begins. Moreover, vaccination of social workers, public health workers, and people aged 80 and over uh, is also planned upon the arrival of new batches of vaccine, which is said to happen in yeah late March, so around now. And uh, vaccination of health workers of the first stage will also continue. Meanwhile, Olha Holubovska, a leading infectious disease specialist at the Ministry of Health, wrote on her Facebook page that severe and very severe forms of the disease critically dominate among COVID-19 patients currently hospitalized in Ukraine. On the 22nd of March, a new EU human rights sanctions regime took effect. China, Russia, Myanmar and Libya will be the first countries to face new sanctions. These will be personal blocking restrictions, so ban on entry into the EU and asset freezing within the EU, if any. The new sanctions regime does not provide for sectoral economic sanctions and rather resembles uh, the Global Magnitsky Act, which was adopted in the United States and concerns exclusively human rights. These sanctions are unlikely to affect the policies of the countries against which they are imposed. Uh, this is a rather symbolic and political gesture of the EU to affirm its stance on a specific issue. Why then is this regime important? Well, its creation shows an increasing number of world countries want to have their own opportunities to impose sanctions in various areas. So human rights, trade restrictions, protection of intellectual property rights, um, protection of personal data, and so on. 
One of the reasons that pushed countries to this desire was the policy of the United States over the past 10 years, as it has become more active in imposing extraterritorial sanctions, which are global in nature and create problems for other countries. Russia, China, Britain, Germany, and France have already announced their intention to set up their own sanctions mechanism and structures. The EU's regime is one of the first steps in this direction. It demonstrates that the international political system is no longer unanimous, but increasingly fragmented into different clusters. The opening of a Russian party representative office in the occupied areas of Donbass is more proof of the escalation on the part of the Russian Federation. Spokesperson for the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of Ukraine, Alek Nikolenko, said, commenting on intention of the Russian political party, it just Russia for truth, to open its representative office in Donetsk. I quote, the Russian authorities continue to openly disregard the Minsk agreements and take steps to drag the currently uncontrolled areas of Donbass into their political, economic and electoral field. He also noted that after Russian passports had been illegally given out to the residents of the occupied territories, Russian parties saw a possibility of receiving political profits there. However, such actions grossly violate the um, legislation and sovereignty of Ukraine and establish room for electoral fraud in Russia. Nikolenko said, and I quote again, Ukraine has already stated that it will not recognize the legitimacy of such voting. Russia must finally begin to fulfill its commitments to achieve a political and diplomatic settlement of the Russian-Ukrainian armed conflict on the basis of full respect for Ukraine's sovereignty, compliance with Ukrainian legislation, and international law. The day before, the political party, a Just Russia for Truth, which is presented in the State Duma, reported that its chairman, uh, Sergei Mironov, appointed his aide, uh, Alexei Zhihulin, as the authorized representative in the territories of the so-called Donetsk and Luhansk People's Republics. Shehulian was instructed to open a representative office of the party in Donetsk and to organize a consultation reception of citizens. The political force plans to represent and protect the electoral rights of Russian citizens, that was a quote by the way, um, living in the temporarily occupied territories of Donbass. The Ministry of Internal Affairs of Russia reported that the state granted its citizenship to 409,550,000 Ukrainians in 2020. The European Union does not recognize the decree of President of the Russian Federation, Vladimir Putin, which prevents foreigners, including Ukrainians, from owning land in the occupied Crimea. This is emphasized in the statement of the European External Action Service, or insured uh, the EEAS. As noted, the European Union does not recognize the annexation of Crimea, therefore it does not recognize the relevant decree. The EU considers its entry into force, uh, a quote, as yet another attempt to forcibly integrate the illegally annexed peninsula to Russia. The document signed by the Russian president was also called a violation of international humanitarian law as it is another step towards the imposition of Russian citizenship on the peninsula. In addition, the EU has once again urged Russia to stop violating international law in Crimea. 
The other day, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of Ukraine stated that the infringed rights of legal owners to land plots would be resumed after the restoration of Ukraine's sovereignty in Crimea. The Foreign Ministry added that the issue of preventing Ukrainians from owning land on the peninsula would be at the focus of attention of the Crimean platform and its inaugural summit this year. As a reminder, the Russian presidential decree added most of Crimea and the city of Sevastopol to the list of border territories of the Russian Federation in which non-Russian citizens are prevented from owning land. The document was signed in March 2020 and came into force uh, on the 20th of March this year. The amendment uh, concern about 11,000 11, land plots on the peninsula, primarily in popular coastal areas. The land ownership ban is imposed on nationals of 55 countries. The publication of main provisions of the peace plan for the settlement of the situation in Donbass, called Key Clusters for the Implementation of the Minsk Agreements, finalized by Ukraine, Germany and France, in the Russian media confirms that the Russian side already has the document, although the Kremlin claims it has not seen a plan, calling it a myth. Head of the Office of the President of Ukraine, Andriy Yermak, said, I quote, a positive note is that the published material confirms my previous statement, which for some reason was questioned by the Russian representatives. I will remind you that I said that the peaceful settlement plan created uh, on the basis of the German-French project and finalized by the Ukrainian side was on the table of the Russian delegation. He added that the fact that Russia has a peace plan gives it an opportunity to help end the war in Donbass and return territories and people to Ukraine if there is a political will. At the same time, according to Yermak, the publication of the document in the Russian media disclosing the details of the negotiation process between the political advisors to leaders of the Normandy 4 countries violates the ethics of internal agreements within the Normandy format. The day before the um, Kommersant Russian newspaper published material revealing the essence of the German-French uh, project called Key Clusters for the Implementation of the Minsk Agreements, with proposals from Ukrainian and Russian sides regarding their vision of resolving the situation. Meanwhile, commander of the land forces of the armed forces of Ukraine, Alexander Sirsky, stated that the Russian Federation used the territory of the Donetsk and Luhansk regions as a testing ground for new weapons. Currently, the situation in eastern Ukraine remains tense and tends to worsen. The president of Ukraine holds consultations with the Normandy 4 leaders due to intensification of shellings in Donbass, as a result of which four members of the armed forces of Ukraine were killed on uh, Friday the 26th of March. A corresponding statement was made by Alexei Aristovich, the representative of the Ukrainian delegation to the trilateral contact group. He added that Ukraine had already sent a note to the OSCE. At the same time, Zelensky expressed his condolences to the families and relatives of the fallen defenders on the head of state's Facebook page. He also instructed the commander-in-chief of the armed forces of Ukraine to make a trip to Donbass to find out all the circumstances. The president said, I quote, 
Representatives of Ukraine in the Trilateral Contact Group are authorized to initiate an immediate meeting of the Security Working Group, as well as to urgently discuss this issue at the level of advisors to the Normandy Format leaders. According to him, the situation at the front has been escalating since the beginning of this year. As uh, Zelensky summed up, I quote, Further progress in fulfilling all other agreements and resolving the situation in eastern Ukraine is impossible to the sound of uh, gunshots and explosions. In order to hear each other in every sense of the word, a comprehensive and stable silence must be established in Donbass. According to the Joint Forces Operation Headquarters, four Ukrainian soldiers were killed and two more were wounded near the village of Shumy in Donbass in the afternoon of the 26th of March. The militants fired 82 millimeter mortars, which are prohibited by the Minsk agreements. On the 20th of March, 20-year-old soldier Kirill Bukovsky was killed near the village of Sumy. On the 19th of March, junior sergeant Andrei Hrabar was killed in mortar shellings near Vodyana. Junior sergeant Viktor Paseka was killed near Pivdyane on the 18th of March. So that was it again with this week's podcast. As usual, make sure to share your thoughts with us and we would be very happy to hear your feedback so we can just keep improving this podcast for you. If you want to have more information on Ukraine-EU-Russia relations and uh, if you want to read other articles, you can visit promoteukraine.org. And also, if you haven't done so yet, follow us on our social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and anywhere you can think of. Uh, you can find us everywhere under the name, yeah, you can guess it, Promote Ukraine. But for now, I wish you a wonderful start into the week, and I'll see you next week with some fresh and new information.